this is Jennifer Bryant, and welcome to the Practical Family Podcast, where we are building strong foundations and healthy homes. In this great age of information, it is easy to get distracted and anxious about all of the information out there. We have it at our fingertips. We can see what's going on around the world, which is an incredible thing. We live in a time in history like no other. But parents, families, how often we are connected to our devices and those same devices that inadvertently disconnect us from our families is an issue worth looking at. So today on the podcast, I'm interviewing author and speaker Arlene Pellicane, who just came out with a new book called Calm, Cool, and Connected, Five Digital Habits for a More Balanced Life. So Arlene will walk you through an easy five-step plan for decluttering your life and moderating screen time, because what's more important is how connected we are to our families. So let's look at this together, not missing out on the beautiful people that God's put on our lives and learning how to keep our devices in check while we love on our families. All right, Practical Family listeners, we have a special guest on today. Her name is Arlene Pellicane, and she is an author and speaker. And I had the privilege of meeting her this year at the She Speaks conference in North Carolina, was it? Yes. And, uh, and I actually sat in her class called How to Write When You Have Kids. And Lord knows that I needed that class because... <laughs> You've because got kids. <laughs> we've got kids. And Arlene has three beautiful kids. So when we met this summer, she was just coming out with her book called Calm, Cool, and Connected, Five Digital Habits for a More Balanced Life. And that just resonated with me right away. I said, I need to learn how to get calm and cool while yes. staying connected. <laughs> Is it possible? Should we just throw away all our digital devices now? No, we can live in harmony with them as long as we're prioritizing the right thing. So welcome, Arlene, to the Practical Family Podcast. It's so great to be with you, Jen. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're such a special, happy, happy lady. Actually, your podcast is called Happy. The Happy Home Podcast. The Happy Home Podcast. I love it. I listen to that all the time. And uh, I'm so happy to have you here because... Practical Family has just put out um, our series on technology and family. So we started talking about how far we've come, and then uh, two uh, separate posts on parenting. We're coming into marriage soon, but since I have you here and you're promoting your book, let's talk about technology as it relates to parenting. Because you've written not only Calm, Cool, and Connected, but also Growing Up Social, Raising Relational Kids, in a screen-driven world. Now, both of these books encourage us to shift focus from our devices to people. So why do you think it's so difficult for us to, as you say in your book, pivot our attention from that to our family? Yeah, the idea of the pivot is if you're holding a phone or you're on your tablet or your computer, when you have a human being enter the room, (laughs) enter your space, that you actually pivot away from your device to give them eye contact, body language. And you know, someone listening to this maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago would be like, yeah, no, duh. That's, that's not really brain science, right, rocket right. science. You know, it's not this amazing thing. But so many times we are losing those common courtesies with our devices, with the people in our own homes. You know, we just continue on our devices and we're just like, hey, 
to our kids or we just give answers without ever lifting our eyes from our device to our Mm -hmm. children. So it's those moments that we want to reclaim to say, hey, wait a minute, people always come first in this home, not devices. And for the people, you know, if you talk to parents, they'll think, okay, my teenager is glued to their phone and I'm like, hello, like, will you please look at me? Will you please talk to me? But it goes both ways for the parents as well that I know that, you know, they did a survey of 6,000 kids in all different countries and over half of them said, I feel not as important when my parent is looking at their phone or one of my parents' worst habits is is looking away, like looking down at a text while we are in the middle of a conversation. And even in Brazil, and I always like to point out that this is an international problem, 87% of kids in Brazil said they thought their parents use their phone too much. So why is it, you know, so addictive? And I think some of it is because we have to understand, I used to think that the phone was this neutral device and it just depended on how you use it. And don't worry, I will not make you sweet podcast listeners, you know, turn your phone in at the end of this podcast. You are safe. It is okay. But the idea is that there are programmers on the other side of that screen creating this phone, this device, an experience for you that is highly addictive. Like there's a reason why you want to check back on your Instagram page, your Facebook page, because you want to see, did anyone like it? Did anyone comment? Did anyone post something new? It's like our brains love this new, like, hey, look at this. So, you know, so it is wired for you to come back. Video games are wired for you to come back. So for you to realize, okay, as an adult, I, I'm sure that if you asked, you know, the average person, how many times do you touch your phone per day? Mm-hmm. You know, they say that the average is about 47, but when I talk to people, they'll say, oh, I touch my phone way more than 47 times per day. So what is it, you know, that we keep going back to? And I think part of it is that wondering of the unknown, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, something new happened. Let me make sure that I'm all filled in and up to date. Part of it is, you know, we might be bored and it's a lot easier to look like you're working legitimately by checking email or scrolling through social media than actually having to do the task at hand, Mm, (laughs) you know, like the boring routine task at hand that's in front of you. So it's a very good distraction tool. Uh, It's an escape tool for many moms. You know, I interviewed Dr. Kathy Cook, who is an amazing author and counselor. And she was saying that, you know what, social media is not bad. Like, it's okay for a mom to post on a blog. It's okay for a mom to do that. But she said many moms have found their escape through that, you know, from the daily grind of being with kids. And she said, let's admit that. Let's admit that many times we are using it to escape and that kids resent that. And that kids are right to resent that. So for us to kind of do a heart check and time check, how much time are we spending on social media, on being with our phones? Because realize that that's a lot easier. It's much more convenient just to check stuff and scroll through things than to actually engage in that discipline of our kids teaching our kids, you know, being with our kids fully present with our eye contact with everything. That's harder. A lot of times my kids now are older. They, um, I have one that is just turning eight and I have an almost an 11 and a 13. And, you know, I think back of when we used to sit down and play cars or, you know, it's like after a few minutes, we as adults, we kind of get bored. Like, okay, can we move on to the next thing? Oh, like, thank how long, you. How long am I going to sit here? But for us to realize, you know what, just these few moments that we spend with our children, that that is important bonding, playing time, and to do that distraction-free. Because I think now we probably sit down for 30 seconds 
And then we're like, okay, can we please pick up our phone now because we're bored with this. And that's just all what technology is doing with our brain to crave more, more entertainment, more distraction. Yes. No, yes. I I like how you touched on the validity of our child's feelings, you know, because it is valid for them to notice that our attention is elsewhere, you know. And I think we can get caught in this trap of just – okay, I'm the adult, I'm the parent, so therefore anything I do is, is okay. It's more valid than, than your needs. And, and that is a dangerous place to get to, that, that hardness of, of heart almost toward what our little people actually need from us. I always lo- love to ask us as moms and dads, you know, if our children grew up to use technology exactly like us, would we be happy with that? So, you know, if we saw, could fast forward them now, they're the grown up and they are with their children, our precious grandchildren, you know, Mm -hmm. and they use the phone, the tablet, the computer in the same way that we do, would Mm -hmm. we be like, awesome, you know, I'm so happy. Or would we be like, oh, I don't really want them to do that. So that's a good check just Mm -hmm. to ask yourself that question. Oh, that's so good. Yes. And it, it's really, you know, how we teach them to put themselves in the shoes of the person that they're affecting. Yes. Can we yeah. see them 10, 20 years down the road and say, right. no, this behavior that I'm emulating yes. is exactly what I want to see in them? Oh, yeah. that's a great question. Great. So the you mentioned also the fear of the uh, of the unknown that, you know, when we have that compulsion to always check messages and notifications and things like that. It, it reminds me of, I think, well, especially me, because I, I'm, I value being prepared and checklists. I'm, a, right. know, I'm that kind of person. So, yes. um, so being prepared is important. But what I found is that that fear of missing out, right? They say FOMO, FOMO, you yeah, know, yeah. Is, is creates more of that anxiety than anything else. And so when we recognize that happening in our own hearts, and that's why I'm so glad that you wrote Calm, Cool, and Connected toward the adults, because we've already addressed, okay, how to parent, but yeah. parents, we've got to look at ourselves and our own yeah. motivations. So do you see then those correlations between needing to check and an anxiety or fear-driven parenting? Yeah. yeah. I'll answer that two ways. The first way is, is if we could redirect that whole FOMO thing to be... I fear missing out in my own home. Amen. Like Amen. I fear missing out with my husband that I'm going to be on my phone too much and I'm going to miss a kiss or I'm going to miss a connection point or I'm going to miss a shared laughter memory together. You know, like I fear to fear missing out. I don't want to miss him. And then with chill, my children to think like, well, I don't want to fear that I'd rather fear. Oh, here I am all caught up on Facebook, but I missed the nonverbal cues my sixth grader was giving me that she had a bad day. You know, like I'd rather be much more fearful of that. Like let the world (laughs) go on because it will. Social media will go on without you posting. No one's going to say, oh, Arlene, you haven't posted for 2.5 days. Are you okay? You know, (laughs) people don't really do that. But for your kids, that's where the real action is and where if you miss that, Nobody can replace you being the parent in that child's life. So first of all, let's shift that FOMO to I fear missing out on my spouse's life. I fear missing out on my child's life. And then I do find that the more we check in, whether it's news or social media, most of the times it it can be a very positive experience. Like you could check something and be like, oh, that's so darling. So-and-so had a baby. I feel fabulous and so grateful. But I think... 
more often than not, it's, oh, I've checked this and I'm kind of stressed out because so-and-so is going through a hard time. Now, that's not to say you cannot have empathy, sympathy, and that's a good thing, like praying for people online and seeing their needs. But a lot of times what you see on the news and social media it can be kind of stressful. And then you are now all of a sudden at a level of stress, like even just a little thing this morning. I took my parents to the airport to Honolulu. They're headed for Honolulu, so they're excited. And we're in the airport, and um, I had just dropped them off, and we had talked during the ride there. But on the way home, I flipped on the news, and I just thought, you know what? Wait a minute. I don't necessarily want all this stress and anxiety in my life at this exact moment. So instead, I decided, let me turn off the news, and let me just be quiet. Let me sing a song to God. Let me pray. And that just framed the day in a better way. So a lot of times, our social media, Media are checking in. Yes, there's a place for it, but I suggest not doing it first thing in the morning, so that way your day is framed in a better way. And then I suggest that that whole fear of missing out that it would be more created on your real life, your real relationship with God, your real relationship with your family. Fear missing out on that more than missing out on what is happening on social media. Oh, I missed a recipe. You will survive. You know. <laughs> oh, I missed this event. Even though you would have liked to go, it's okay. It, it's still going to be okay. But the real fear of missing out is, okay, I didn't hear from God today very well because I was too busy checking all these posts. And that's such a natural thing. No one wakes up and thinks, I'm going to turn my back on God and instead I'm going to check my phone. You know, It's not the thought that you have in your mind. But in actuality, we could say, wow, I spent a lot more time checking my social media than I did meditating, thinking about the Word of God, which, of course, brings a lot more calm, cool, and connectedness to your life. Amen. Absolutely. And that's what you talk about in this book. And this book, by the way, Calm, Cool, and Connected, Five Digital Habits for a More Balanced Life. It is, even even when I'm holding it right now, it it is a... A relatively quick read. It's it's yeah. easy. It's, I, I mean, I, I think that um, uh, th- just the way that it's marketed is is made to uh, to be sort of a resource because you you talk about just five simple habits. It's really just well put together, and there's scripture in there connected to these points that you're making, right? Yeah. And so, can you talk to us a little bit about those five? habits. Sure. Yes. So I take the word habit because, you know, you probably didn't think I should brush my teeth today or I should eat breakfast. Like those were automatic habits. And I think what we can do with our technology is instead of trying, striving, striving, trying, limiting, you know, having all these thoughts all the time, instead to think what are habits we can just build into our lives so they become second nature to us. They become simpler to use, easy for your kids to follow. So I take the word habit and the H is hold down the off button that there are times to be on, but there are times to be off. And I suggest holding down the off button overnight if you're not an emergency worker, if you don't have, you know, aging parents that you need to be right there. You know, if you're at that point where you can charge your phone in another room, go ahead and do that. So hold down the off button and have rhythms of your life like meal times where you do hold down the off button. So that's the first habit. The second one is the letter A, and that's always put people first. And we've touched on that through pivoting away from your devices and putting your eyes and your nonverbals into people. So always put people first. Live in a pivot where it's like, I can put this down. You've got something to say to me. So live in that way with that habit. The B is brush daily, as you talked about brushing your teeth, but this is brushing your conscience because we all know there are so many 
moral ills, whether we're talking about pornography, whether we are talking about being friends with people we should not be friends with. Uh, I know people who will not go on social media because they have heard too many stories of then refriending a high school boyfriend or girlfriend. And all of a sudden there's this relationship that was there that, you know, and all of that could have been avoided by by not being there in the first place. So living with a clear conscience that you say, okay, what I did today was good before God. And if it wasn't, then I can say, God, give me a new day. Forgive me for what I've seen. Forgive me for what I've posted and let me go on. So brush daily, live with a clean conscience. That's the B. The fourth habit is the I. I will go online with purpose. So many of us, we, 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 you know, it, we're wasting time. So maybe we're not looking at the dark recesses of the internet, but we are wasting time. So to go online with purpose and to ask ourselves the question, what am I here to do? And I like to think of it as a hot potato. You get in, you get out. We're doing a podcast. That's great. You're listening to a podcast. That's great. When you're done, you power off and you go do your next task. But you don't kind of get stuck in that land of, oh, what's next? What's next? What's next? Without really being proactive about and being intentional about it. Okay. And then the last habit is the T in the word habit. And it's take a hike. Get outside. So the studies have shown that even five minutes away from your computer, away from your desk, get outside, walk around. That's really rejuvenating for your mind and soul. And doesn't that make sense? Because God created the heavens and the earth. They declare the glory of God. And just to be outside for a few minutes, that is so helpful to calm you down. So hold down the off button. Always put people first. Brush daily. I will go online with purpose. And T, take a hike. Mm, oh, so good, Arlene. And they're they're simple. It's, it's, it's yeah. simple. But for many people, it's often easier said than done, right. isn't it? Because I, I, I mean, I read this book and I go, yes, yes, yes. And then yeah. the next morning, I'm right. still compelled to pick up my phone. Yeah. I have though, I have started charging it in another room, yes. as, as you've said, um, or as, as you've encouraged us right, before. Right. And I find that that is powerful because I wake up and it's like, oh, okay. I, I feel that my room is clear, you know, Yes. until I make the intentional choice to go out and go get my phone right. and then I'm, I'm, I, I have a dilemma in front of me. Do I, do I look at this now? No, 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 no. I, okay. Hug, kiss of my kids first. Right. <laughs> then breakfast. Right. And then, yeah. and then I, I look at it again and I go, okay, I, I can listen to this podcast while I'm, while I'm making breakfast, but then I'll be thinking about that and not paying attention to my kids. You know, so, so right. there, there is another dilemma. So I, I'm finding myself now, rethinking how I interact with my phone all day yeah. long, and it's yes. such a conscious thing. And, and by writing a book like this, or just merely talking about it, doing a podcast yeah. about how, how we, um, we use our phones as digital pacifiers, as you talk about right. it in the book, yeah. it's our binky. It's, it's our binky. It's like, binky. I need my little phone with me. <laughs> I was recently talking to a group of moms, and there's about 100 people in the room, and I asked, like, did anyone leave their phone at home today? You know, and mo all of them, you know, they said, what? only one person raised their hands, yeah. which shows you that as a mom, mm -hmm. you might be busy, but you will remember your phone. Yeah. And then for the one person who forgot it, I asked her, did you go back? And she's like, yes. I went back and it's just, we have to have them, you know, nearby. And so part of that, of course, is this, you know, it is helpful to have it, but to realize, wow, if I forgot it, it would not be the end of the world. Like I would survive. I would, you know, most, if I know where to get to where I'm going, 
You know, it's like I have the address and I know what I'm doing. Like you could potentially forget it and survive, but we have made it this digital binky. My daughter, Noelle, when she was two years old, she would always suck on her thumb. She just loved it. And she sucked on it so hard that it have teeth marks and then it was bleeding and all this skin peeling and all this. So we put that nail polish on her nails so that she wouldn't get to it. But she was undeterred. So my husband, who is very creative, he sewed up the sleeves of her pajamas so she could not get to her thumb at night and the first night she was like trying to get to it and she couldn't get it into her mouth and she put her whole fist in her mouth and she was so dissatisfied she cried she cried she cried but by I'd say the third day after a while she got used to like okay I guess I don't suck my thumb anymore and so for some of us moms and dads we just have that digital binky and we just need that thing with us and sometimes we have to take drastic measures you know you might not be able to sew up your pajamas but to make a choice make a decision like I know I have a little bit of a problem with this so I'm going to force myself to charge this in another room or I'm going to force myself to put it in another room while we have meal time or I'm going to force myself to say one night a week for like two hours you know the whole family goes dark in that way and instead we play a game together or we talk or even watching a movie together yes. is different than everyone on their own devices you know being amused so that's a proactive thing where you all are all watching a movie together and that can bring a family together but typically it's like two people are watching this one person's playing a video game another person's playing what listening to music like everyone's doing what they like instead of coming together and that's what you want more of in your family. Right, right, exactly. Now, thinking of these these things that we need to train our brain to think of differently, it reminds me of what Dave Ramsey talks about in in his uh, teachings about money. You know, when he yeah. he encourages to encourages us to rewire our thinking and say, wait, 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 wait. No, my, my money doesn't control me. Right. I, yes. I tell my money where to go. I tell exactly. my dollars exactly where to go, and that's the import, importance of a budget. We'll right. do another podcast on that one day <laughs> about yes. financing. But, but yeah. the concept is very similar to my phone does not tell me what to do. That's right. You know, and even things as simple as turning off unnecessary notifications, yeah. realizing that some of the games that we distract ourselves with, I mean, do we really need this right now, you know? And um, just our device is not telling us what to do, but us taking control of that in a good way so that we're headed toward a healthy interaction relationship with our family. That is so wise what you said because our phone is supposed to help us. Yeah. Like it is supposed to help us reach our goals. It's supposed to help us become more effective. But for many of us, it's like this thing is more of a hindrance because it's like helping me waste time mm -hmm. or I am being distracted by it instead of being with my family. So tell your phone what to do. That's exactly right. Your phone cannot power on without you doing it. Your phone cannot make you pick it up. You still have the free will to say, I will deal with you later. Yes. <laughs> that's totally fine. Yep. And that's empowering, right? So turning yeah. turning that around, taking back ownership of our right. choices over yes. our devices is important. And then knowing what to cut out of our life. You know, so yeah. for me, it's been certain apps that just were not necessary, you know. And, and I like practical things. And, I mean, I have a list of practical apps even on the website. And, you know, but but how much of that am I using to replace what I can do that sure. encourages interaction with the family. You know, like yeah. my calendar. I talk about um, in the um, 
in the the post on marriage, you know, I put our calendar on, you know, Google on my phone, and I connected my husband because we, you know, he has a Samsung, I have an iPhone, and we're still married, and it's okay, you know. Yeah, we're the same way. My husband and I are the same way. (laughs) So I connected our Google Calendar because I'm the keeper of the calendar. I'm the mama, you know, and I do that and. And then he asked me, okay, well, what's happening this day, this day? I said, the calendar's on your phone. You text it, right? As I smile. (laughs) And I'm secretly seething because use the tool that I set up for you. But he goes, he says, but can we still like talk about it? It's okay to talk to me. (laughs) And I realized, wow, I had replaced you know, the efficiency of what my phone, what my digital device can do with actually interacting with my husband and talking to him because I hate backtracking. I hate repeating myself. And so (laughs) in the name of efficiency, I cut off, you know, relationship and that was not okay. That is so funny. It was just not okay on any level. So (laughs) telling our devices what to do, but also knowing that when we need to back off and just be human and have... Human, real human interaction. Yes. Oh gosh, I just, I just love again, Arlene. Thank you so much for coming on. I love your book, Calm, Cool, and Connected: Five Digital Habits for a More Balanced Life. So make sure and pick that up today. And I will see you this week, actually, because I know you're coming. You're coming to Honolulu to speak in the. Moms in Prayer Conference. That's it's right. Called... They have conferences called Unshaken, uh-huh. and it's mm-hmm. going to be a very exciting time for moms, grandmas, aunts, anyone who has a child in their life that they are concerned about and being concerned about this next generation and really talking about because screens, this is a new thing for this generation. So we'll talk about how we can not be afraid. A lot of us are very scared, like what's my child going to see or, you know, and that's understandable, but how can we be unshaken in this digital world? So that'll be a wonderful conference. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. And that is going to be at Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor. If you're on the Island of Oahu uh, this weekend, October 13th and 14th, but check out Arlene. Arlene, how can people get in touch with you? You can look at my website, ArlenePelicane.com, and you will find all different resources, all for free for your marriage and for parenting. And you can find my books on Amazon. Um, Many Barnes & Noble stores are carrying them. So online, anywhere books are sold, and then Christian bookstores, and sometimes Barnes & Noble, but you can always ask them, can you please get this book? And they will order it for you right away. Yes, yes. And it's always good to support your local Christian bookstore as well. Yes, absolutely. There's less and less of those, but the, the wonderful people who run them are definitely a ministry in their own community. So yes. check that out. Well, thank you again, Arlene, for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I look forward to seeing you in person soon. Thank you so much, Jen. interviewing Arlene. She has quickly become one of my favorite people. Now, Arlene is continuing to write books directed toward family issues. Like we said before, her book, Growing Up Social, she actually wrote that with Dr. Gary Chapman, author of The Five Love Languages. So they teamed up to talk about how to raise relational kids in a screen-driven world. And of course, her new book, Calm, Cool, and Connected, But I am also reading her book called 31 Days to Becoming a Happy 
mom. And she's also written 31 Days to Becoming a Happy Wife, Happy Husband, and those links will be in the show notes as well. Her writing style is just like her speaking style. You can you can hear her words just jump off the page because she's got that happiness factor that just gets me so excited about being a mom, being a wife, just staying connected to the right things. And so as inspiring as she is, I want to inspire you today or encourage you today rather to pick up some of her resources, but also ask yourself the question of what am I being connected to? What do I choose to connect myself with? And therefore, who am I disconnecting myself from in that process? Now, you know, we hear people talk about balance. It's all about balance. You got to have balance. Okay. But when it comes down to making those active conscious choices for ourselves, what are we going to choose? What will you choose to do today that's different to connect more with your family and less with your devices or the outside world? Make that choice today. Leave that in the comments, actually. Will you answer that question for us in the comments? What will you do today that is different, that allows you to be more connected with the people you love and less connected with the outside world? Thank you for joining us today. You've been listening to the Practical Family Podcast. Remember to find us at practicalfamily.org for more exciting posts and our technology and family series, which includes how far we've come, two on parenting, one on marriage coming up soon, and we'll also talk about some other exciting things related to technology. Now, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, which is cool, and what else are we on? Instagram. (laughs) So connect with us, Practical Family, where we are encouraging families to build strong foundations and healthy homes.